Hi everybody, my name is Dr. James Rudd. I'm the Digital Media Editor at Heart, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Shelley Wood. Shelley, could you introduce yourself for the Heart audience? Sure thing. Hi, James. So yes, I am the Managing Editor at TCTMD, which is a website for cardiologists, and the Editorial Director at the Cardiovascular Research Foundation in New York. And I'm speaking to you today from Kelowna, British Columbia, which is where I live. I think a lot of people don't know that, but yes, west coast of Canada. And previously, Shelley, you worked with uh, theheart.org, is that right? That's right. I was at theheart.org for 14 years and the editor there for about six years. So I've been at a lot of cardiology conferences over the years. How many conferences do you think you get to every year? Um, following you on Twitter, it seems a frightening number. That's a great question. Um, sometimes I think I go to one a month, but I know that's not the case because I also make trips out to New York uh, to the head offices. But I'm going to say about eight cardiology conferences a year on average. Okay. So you're the, you have the answers, I guess, to the set of conference survival uh, tips. Um, how do you manage to keep your, your head in the game and keep yourself healthy on the road? Do you have any, any tips for those of us that also go to a fair number of conferences? Any exercise tips or diet tips or anything else that you, you tend to follow? Absolutely. I always bring my sneakers. Um, I definitely went to an ESC conference in um, Sweden. I guess it was one of the ones in Stockholm. And one of my colleagues, uh, Michael O'Riordan, forgot his running shoes. And I just thought, that's rule number one. You've got to bring your sneakers with you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, one of my colleagues says, don't forget to drink water. You get dehydrated. It's as if we're doing some kind of marathon at these things. But um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the eating I get to do at some of these European conferences. But if I don't have my running shoes with me, I will be um, not quite as productive or as happy. You'll pay for it later, for sure. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you, Shelley, was that we have the European Society of Cardiology Conference upcoming. Uh, starts in uh, less than a week now in Barcelona. And um, you have recently written a post which covers the, I guess, the top 10 things that you're looking forward to and that you expect the TCT MD audience to look forward to. Do you want to just um, rattle off a couple of big trials that have caught your eye that you think uh, are going to make some news at this upcoming conference? Sure. So I always do these preview articles for the major conferences. I think everyone is so busy. It's great to get kind of a sneak preview of the big trials to expect. And also, you know, when conferences are doing some new interesting thing in terms of, you know, I remember when they first came up with e-posters and stuff like that. I think it's nice to get a heads up. I even sometimes put in information about um, transportation for some of these meetings, how the heck you're going to get out to the convention center and back. But um, so yes, this one was special though, because of course I was gearing up to interview someone at the ESC about the big trials. And then of course, the events happened in Barcelona that um, everyone has been reading about. And I realized the purpose of the preview story I did should not only focus on the big studies, but also really talk to the fact that everyone's excited to go to Barcelona and something this tragic happens. Mm. So the timing of the, the, that preview story was really to allow the ESC to get their statement out. Um, I mean, I contacted them and say, <laughs> said, what are you, what do you say about this? And of course they put out an official statement as well, but um, you know, to make it clear that the, the, con the conference was going to continue for one, um, which I think most of us wouldn't have assumed it would have been canceled, but I'm sure it was on some people's minds. Yeah, Anyhow, absolutely. So that was, that was one point. Yeah. But of course, there's huge trials coming out of this meeting. And um, as I said, I've been, I think I've been to 15 ESC meetings. Maybe I've only missed a couple since I started writing about cardiology, which is a long time ago now. 
But uh, yeah, there are some big um, trials coming out at this meeting that I think a lot of people are excited about. Um, sometimes these conferences, it's just the nature of the game. They are not going to have huge trials. It's just not, the, the timing's not right. But anyhow, the ones I highlighted in the story that I put out um, last week was the two big ones I think uh, people are waiting for are the Cantos trial and the Compass trial. I right. actually keep getting these names confused, so hopefully I'll get it straight here. But um, Cantos, of course, is the uh, inflammation hypothesis. They're really looking at patients um, who have uh, former heart disease, but also have elevated CRP. And this is uh, something that I actually wrote about inflammation as a potential cause of, uh, of coronary heart disease for my master's thesis. That's how far back it's going. So this will be the first trial that's really looking at whether a drug that targets inflammation, inhibits inflammation, can help prevent uh, second events. That's heart attack, stroke, and, and cardiovascular death. So we know a little bit about this. We know the trial was positive because top-line results were released early, but we're going to get the full findings uh, on Sunday at ESC. And just jumping in there, Shelley, what do, you, what do you think as a journalist about the fact that many trials now have uh, started releasing their top-line results ahead of full publication? I hate this. I mean, I think that's just because it's so fun to be the person in that massive um, conference room where the results are being released and you can get the feel of the mood and the, and you can nab interviews from the people around you. But I understand it's done for security and exchange reasons. Um, certainly, it's clear that the market knows the results of these types of trials before they're presented. And so I, my understanding is that's why they're put out there. But you can't help but hope that it, uh, or you can't help but think, I suppose, that it is the, the sponsors of these trials really wanting to get the, the information out as soon as possible. Um, but just strictly as a journalist, it would be more fun if, if we really could release this with a big bang as opposed to coming out in, in uh, fits and starts. Yeah, and that used to be the case, I think, even up to maybe five years ago, right, when you guys would be breaking the, the news as the speaker was taking taking to the rostrum. Yeah, yeah, that was fun, I gotta say. We do get the information under embargo as journalists, so that's part of it, is that we felt that we had this sort of sneak preview that we were all trying to keep under wraps. But, you know, I'm not even sure the embargo process makes sense when we're talking about news that really has an immediate impact, in some cases, on people's health. But right. that's, a, that's maybe a separate podcast discussion. And the second one you've uh, highlighted in your list here is the Compass study. Yeah, so this is uh, rivaroxaban, one of the NOACs or DOACs, and they're looking at in the, it in the setting of um, uh, something that you know people have wanted for some time, which is to have a primary prevention medication that is actually going to help protect against future events. So it's compared against low-dose aspirin. I understand it's two different low doses of rivaroxaban on top of uh, aspirin versus aspirin alone. And here again, we heard that the trial was halted early um, because they are, um, they've, they've seen some positive results. We don't know whether both of those low doses of rivaroxaban um, were helpful. At least I don't think we do. I haven't seen that elsewhere. But um, yeah, we'll get the, the full details on this. Yeah. So that was a primary endpoint of cardiovascular death, MI, and stroke in patients with prior coronary or peripheral artery disease. And they're breaking that into two presentations, I saw. So we'll get two separate late breakers with the PAD and the CAD groups. Okay. And again, that's an enormous trial. The Cantos is over 10,000 patients and Compass is over 27,000. So I think the ESC has done really well now uh, to, to get these enormous trials breaking uh, at their meeting. Um, anything else uh, take your fancy from the, the list of either late breakers or 
other highlights from the program? Yeah, I mean, we should point out that this meeting um, and EuroPCR did the same thing. They're, they're celebrating 40 years of PCI. That's the theme of this year's ESC meeting. So I gather there's a lot of dedicated programming, um, just looking back at the history of, of PCI and, and also looking forwards. Um, so I, in particular, I don't have any specific things, but I personally, just given the audience of TCTMD, largely made up of interventional cardiologists, although of course I'm hoping that every cardiologist in the world will want to read our, our stories, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we will definitely be looking at some of these, uh, smaller studies. I, I heard that there's some interesting OCT information coming out. Um, there'll be some TAVR things that people will be interested in, which is obviously interventional cardiologists, but not part of the 40 years of PCI theme. Um, and there's, yeah, I think there's a couple other non-interventional topics that should have wide appeal. I hope they do. Mm. Um, we're getting more from the pure, um, it's not a trial, it's a registry, but this is a huge international, um, multi-country registry that Salim Yusuf's group has been looking at in various ways over the years. And this one is looking at uh, the link between fruit, vegetable, and, and uh, legume intake and the risk of cardiovascular disease among 135,000 people. Wow. So, That's uh, you know, I'm a little vegetable eater, but it would be nice to see if this type of thing and, and whether that can be done in this kind of perspective registry fashion, I'm not sure, but... Um, I think uh, I think that's important. When we're writing about expensive devices and valves all the time on TCTMD, I do think it's really important to also cover this prevention stuff as well. So I'll be interested to see that. Yeah, me too. And and, and speaking of what, speaking of which, I also see there's some upcoming sessions on the the, the PCSK9 inhibitors um, in terms of uh, delivering value for money, and also the Orion One study looking at perhaps just a single injection. Uh, as opposed yeah. to m multiple injections for, for the other uh, medications in that class. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, we saw, we got the Fourier results at ACC earlier this year. And it, this is one of those trials where, you know, people are just fascinated at the idea that they're going to have this this new drug. But at the cost of, I think, around $14,000 per year, it's just one of those things where, yes, it works, but at what price? So, um, yeah, we'll definitely be keeping on top of that as well. And finally, I see that the ESC are also doing their um, guideline updates this year. We have new guidelines on AMI, uh, STEMIs, new guidelines on dual antiplatelet therapies, new guidelines on peripheral artery disease diagnosis and management, and then also an update on valvular heart disease management, which I think are going to be released at the beginning of the conference uh, and free to download for everybody. Yeah, I did a bit of digging around with those. And um, as you know, I spoke with Dr. Steen Dalby Christensen for my story. And we talked a little bit about what types of new information will be in those different guidelines. Because, of course, with um, uh, the valvular heart disease, we've seen these intermediate risk uh, patient trials come out with TAVR, um, with the AMI and STEMI uh, guidelines. There's things like, oh no, it's going to be a test for me, but the um, culprit trial and other trials that have looked at, um, uh, you know, full revascularization versus culprit lesion. So all of those things are going to be wrapped into a couple of these different guidelines and guideline updates. And I had a look because it took a bit of digging, but most of the previous um, versions of these guidelines are about four years old. So you can imagine there's quite a lot of new trial evidence to be incorporated and um, then you also need to do more digging to find them in the program because the documents are being released on Saturday, but they're not being discussed until sessions later on. So okay. um, yeah, you'll see at least some news coverage of these perhaps on Saturday when they are released. But if you want to get into the 
kind of categories of recommendations, you'll have to go to a session, which I think is on August 27th during ESC. Okay, fantastic. And where can folks find you, Shelley? Where's the best place to to uh, locate your online writings? Is it tctmd.com? Yeah, that's right. Thanks for the shout out. We'll be at tctmd.com. We've got a great conference page where we're going to have all of our breaking news. Um, it's going to be me, uh, Todd Neal and Michael Reardon are the journalists that will be on the ground at ESC this year with some help from the other journalists back home. And uh, yeah, I'll be on site. So if people want to get in touch with me and, and tell me about some of the stuff that they might be presenting or other stuff they've seen that's interesting, I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm on Twitter as Shelley Wood too, and I'll be, you know, slumped over my computer in the press room for most of the meeting. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, Shelley, well, that's a, a great uh, way of whetting everybody's appetite about the upcoming ESC conference. I may well try and uh, get you back for a repeat uh, after the conference and we can discuss some of the updates. Well, I really appreciate it. I hope I get to meet you in person there. All right, Shelley, thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye.